to name him Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. And according to the law, he was circumcised on the eighth day. It is interesting, science has discovered that the law of Moses was perfectly in alignment with, with science, that if you're going to circumcise a male child, the most ideal time in his life to do it is when he is eight days old. Because vitamin K, which is an agent in prothrombin, which aids in the clotting of blood, is 10% higher on that day than it will be in any other day of his life, either before or after the eighth day. Isn't that interesting? Only God knew that, and he inspired Moses to give that law. So Christ has been circumcised, and he's been named. Now, the next verses go on to where he's presented in the temple, and a man named Simeon, who believed he was going to see the Messiah, uh, saw Jesus and prophesied over him. A godly woman named Anna bore witness to the fact that he was a redeemer. But let's go ahead in time, 13, 12 Christmases later. If you count the birth of Jesus as the first Christmas, and then Jesus is 12 years old here in this next passage, there's been 12 Christmases, or counting his birth, there's been 13 Christmases. And it's the time of Passover. His parents, verse 41, went to Jerusalem every year at the feast of the Passover. And when he was 12 years old, they went up to Jerusalem according to the custom of the feast. When they had finished the days, as they returned, the boy Jesus lingered behind in Jerusalem. And Joseph and his mother did not know it. But supposing him to have been in the company, they went a day's journey and sought him among their relatives and acquaintances. So when they did not find him, they returned to Jerusalem seeking him. Now so it was, after three days, they found him in the temple, sitting in the midst of the teachers, both listening to them and asking them questions. And all who heard him were astonished at his understanding and answers. So when they saw him, they were amazed. And his mother said to him, Son, why have you done this to us? Look, your father and I have sought you anxiously. And he said to them, Why do you seek me? Do you not know that I must be about my father's business? But they did not understand the statement which he spoke to them. Then he went down with them and came to Nazareth and was subject to them. But his mother kept all these things in her heart. And Jesus increased in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and man. Now what in the world does that have to do with Christmas? It has a lot to do with it. But stay with me. Let's look at the story here. They have journeyed from Nazareth to Jerusalem, which in modern times, is about 81 road miles, or over 130 kilometers. I mean, to walk that's got to be at least four days. If you're walking with a group of people, 20 miles a day is really hoofing it. So it is quite a journey, maybe on horseback three days or less. It is quite a journey to get there to celebrate the Feast of Passover, which was customary. They did it every year. It's a joyous occasion Perhaps on your way there, you're running into old friends from neighboring villages. People are meeting one another at the forks in the road as they all journey together 
to Jerusalem. The closer they get to Jerusalem from all over Israel, the closer they get to one another. So it's a great time. It's a fun time of seeing old cousins, aunts and uncles and grandparents and friends and neighbors and old acquaintances. It's a wonderful time. And Jesus is a young man and he's 12 years old. It could have been a time of bar mitzvah for him. And I could see a parallel with that in what he was doing there in the temple, demonstrating his knowledge of the Torah. But the fact is, his parents trusted him implicitly, implicitly because he was the son of God and never sinned. And so when it was time to return home, they assumed he was with them and it was time to go and they left. And after a day's journey, they realized maybe at at night that he was nowhere to be found. So they had to turn around and make a day's journey back, telling their friends goodbye, making a day's journey back, and then maybe searching for him for a day in Jerusalem. Needless to say, three days later, they find him, not misbehaving, but in the temple, doing his father's business. They had lost sight of the Son of God. God had trusted them with his son, and they lost him. Interesting. Interesting story. Interesting demonstration of his humility and the fact that he went home with them to Nazareth of all places. That 81 mile plus 130 plus kilometer journey back to their hometown. What does that have to do with with Jesus? Well, I think sometimes in Christmas we lose sight of what Christmas is about. It's about Jesus. Amen. In the season of roasting chestnuts, what is that? I don't know. Jack Frost nipping noses and singing carols and hymns and songs and making snowmen, if you live and have a white Christmas, Um, fake snow and real snow, tinsel, trees, real and artificial, stars and lights on houses, lights on bushes, lights around trees, decorations all over the place, and even the conflict of people forbidding their employees to say Merry Christmas and say Happy Holidays instead. In the midst of all that, where is the person of Jesus? While you're getting ready for company, baking pumpkin pies and going to get that ham and roasting that turkey or deep frying that turkey, I tell you, the Cajuns know how to fix a turkey, don't they? In the midst of all the festivities and reunion with relatives you care about and those you really don't care so much about, where is Jesus? He is the reason for the season. He is the one we have been entrusted to tell the world about. In the midst of wrapping paper and ribbons and glitter and packaging and gift bags and regifting and ungifting and gift cards and the debate on whether or not a gift card is as valuable a gift as one that's been well thought out. Where is Jesus in your Christmas? Don't lose sight of him. He is the reason for this season. Maybe you lost Jesus when you went you lost sight of Jesus when you went to college and began to pursue higher learning and began to assume that it was something for children. And Christmas was just a fun time of getting together. But I want to assure you that Jesus was a real person, is a real person. He is coming back to earth one day. He died for the sins of the world. 
He carried the burden of the penalty that was on our back upon his so that when we put faith in him, we can be redeemed from our sins. He came to bring more than life enhancement or the motivation of believing that all things are possible. He came to redeem mankind from bondage to sin. Where is Jesus in your life? Maybe you never really considered Jesus. Maybe you're only hearing about him for the first time today, but I want to tell you that God loves you. And he gave Jesus as a first Christmas present for you. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son so that whoever would believe in him would not perish but might have everlasting life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but so that the world through him might be saved. Let's pray. Almighty God, I pray for every person under the sound of my voice. I pray, Lord Jesus, that you would bless them, protect them, use them mightily, Lord, to be a light to their friends and loved ones for you, who are the real meaning of Christmas. Lord, I pray that not only would you protect your people on the roads, but that you would give us boldness to declare the goodness of Jesus. And if anyone here today does not know you, I pray, Lord, that they would begin to open themselves up to the possibility that there is a God who loves them, the God of the universe, who gave his son as a gift 20 centuries ago so that whoever would believe in him could be redeemed from the wickedness of sin and separation from God. Lord, bless the hearers. Cause your face to shine upon them and be gracious to them. Lift up your countenance upon them and give them your peace. In Jesus' name. Mm -hmm.